Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. We spoke about like past relationships and you just mentioned like the one you had for 14 years. So like that's something. Okay, let's back up. We're getting to know one another. There are, I'm sure, parts of you and there are parts of me that take a little bit more time to like, like I don't even know your last name. I don't... You, didn't, you didn't know my first name. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we are going into the 10th hour of recording material for Game of Roses today. (laughs) We've been heavy at it all day long, recording multiple episodes of different shows, shows that we're going to air later, all kinds of crazy shit's going on. And on top of that, we have just imbibed our second episode in 48 hours of Bachelor of Paradise, and we are now going to break down 
all of the best plays, players, errors, crabs, everything that both of these episodes had to offer. We're going to go through it all with you right now. Are you ready to do this pace case? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clues is, is uh, he's accurate. This is our third podcast of the day. I am delirious. <laughs> I am too. We shall uh, see how it goes. <laughs> It's like when you've just been eating and eating and eating, and they're like, no, you need one more piece of cheesecake. You've already had three, but you have to eat this one, too. That's what watching tonight's episode was like to me. It was like, just got to pack it in. But let's get to it. Let's do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Some very interesting things happened in these two episodes, and we got to start out with episode two, which aired Monday night. Of course, we get to see the new intro videos. Hallmark of Bachelor in Paradise, they always make each player do a little funny thing, or in some cases, they're not that funny. In some cases, it's just them in a bathing suit or whatever. Some cases, they're made to look like fools. What you want to do with this is convey your personality, convey the thing that you're known for. And so I feel bad for the people who are just in a bathing suit. We'll get to it. They're like, my thing is I'm also hot. (laughs) I I always feel like that's the best way to go because you don't want to be the person who has like a ball bouncing off your head or something like that. I forget who that was. It was somebody in last season maybe. Oh, I guess. I prefer those. At least you're known. That's true. First intro videos, Abigail. She d- holds up sweetheart hand gestures. Makes sense. She's first. She got her sand. Second is seconds and grocery store Joe holding a fruit. Third is Deandra whipping her hair. Four is Kenny naked in a black box, jumping through rocks and presumably helicoptering little Kenny. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, when they fucking throw these black boxes on there, and we saw tonight, which is Tuesday night, we saw Demi got some black boxes on her butt as she was walking around mm-hmm. the beach. But this one with Kenny, we all know he's not naked. It's just being used for a joke here. And so, mm-hmm. like you're saying, is that what we're to believe? That he's helicoptering his fucking dick around for the camera people, for the production staff, whoever's watching? I believe the document. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god five Mari Pepin does a little dance on a bridge six Marissa flips her hair in the pool seven Natasha in a yoga pose love that eight Brendan is adjusting his turtleneck that one I don't get I guess it's because he was called the best dressed or whatever I don't know it it's because he wore a bunch of turtlenecks during Kalisha's season oh you don't remember this he was memed a lot I do. I do. Nine. Carl doing some martial arts kicks in a bandana tot. We, oh, Carl and his Leaning martial into arts. That. I mean, that <laughs> shit was fantastic. Everything that I missed from him getting eliminated early in his season 17 of Bachelorette, I am just, I'm soaking it in now. I'm living yeah. in the Carl experience when he's doing these martial arts. And we'll get to it, obviously, in what happened tonight's episode, but... I love his intro. Yeah, I'm I mean I'm soaking up the Carl moments too. We don't know how how much longer they'll be, you know. He's a wild card. Got to save him. Um 10. <laughs> Demi Burnett 
sitting in a bikini with a literal pot stirring it. It does not get better than that, in my opinion. A visual pun. Perfect. Eleven, we got Taj with the multiple fans. She is getting this continued cool edit of her being too hot from last the last Bachelor in Paradise season she was on. Twelve, and I told Clues this would be his intro. Connor B once again in full cat tot, pong at a cat toy. You said it won't be. I thought he would put it behind him, honestly. And we saw, you know, tonight and the night prior, he's leaning heavy into the music. And so far, that cat taught in his intro is really, that's the only cat thing he's doing. So far. So far, that is true. (laughs) Another accurate pace case prediction, though. I think we just put that in your books. Uh, 13, Jessenia lies in a bikini and kicks her leg up. I mean, I think she could have done a, a little car thing. You know, like a red mm. Barbie car to call back that Matt James date. Yep. 14, Noah is in a robe in a chair. This feels like a miss to me, too. No books, no box, no facial hair play. Yeah, fake mustache and you rip it off. That's an easy one. Beautiful. 15, Serena P does a cartwheel. 16, Ivan does push-ups. 17, Kelsey sprays a bottle of champagne. That one, really hard to guess that that would have happened. Mm-hmm. 18, Aaron is wet and slicks his hair. 19, James wears a horse pinata tot. <laughs> this, is the fool, this is the fool one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's not ever going to escape the box, and this is like the best they could do in paradise. 20, Victoria Pete pops up behind a rock to drop bombs and then get back down and hide, presumably. 21, Tammy holds an available wooden sign and winks. 22, Victoria in a goddess crown silhouetted. 23, Trey sits in a blow-up pool and hits a bunch of beach balls out, calling back his ball pit Grandy limo exit. Loved that. 24, Serena C. sits on an airplane pool float. 25, Wells gets splashed trying to make a drink in a Vitamix. And 26, at least in... This episode was David Spade reading a book called Seven Ways to Start Drama. This harkens back to DLH reading his own book on the sand in those old cold opens when he was still with us. But I'm happy to see these back. This is one of my favorite parts of Paradise. Some of them are funny, but it always gives Mm -hmm. you that kind of tone of this is what the show is. This is a lighthearted, jokey version of the game we all love. So after these video intros... We learned that the guys have the roses still. We still have not seen that rose ceremony. There's 10 guys, 13 women. And Tammy fills us in on who all the different couples are that have emerged. And then we get Demi's entry to paradise. Once again, we get some of the same footage we already saw in episode one. She comes in to flirt with Joe Dirt. And he asks her about her engagement and how it didn't work out. Uh, This is with Christian Haggerty that happened on BIP season six. And she says she's grown since then. And then Spade asks her if she's going to be heading toward the P or the V. Mm. Another line he has nailed in his brief (laughs) appearance. Well, Demi tells us that she's going to be heading for the P and she wants to date dudes and shock some people. So Spade gives her the date card and the power. She enters as 24th Sand and chats up some of the guys before eventually settling on Brendan. Uh, for her date selection, which he accepts. 
he carries her away piggyback style and Natasha immediately goes to the bottle to cope saying it's drink o'clock and we see her crying we don't know if these tears are actually in relation to this moment or not but it seems she's already falling apart and so with this first portion Demi has been sent in to destroy someone's relationship and it appears Natasha is the victim portion two we get the Demi Brendan date they go jet skiing they make out Demi loads level level one for Brendan. He's so sexy. I'm crushing so hard. And Brendan pulls an options open. And OO says, I think you're amazing. Obviously, I've talked to other girls. Let's talk to other people, go on other dates. See if our paths cross again along this journey. <laughs> Brilliant play from him. I mean, it's going to backfire a little bit. But if that's what you're trying to do, if you're looking for other people, you got to play the double O here. And one thing that he says that's interesting during this date is he tells her he didn't know she existed until a few hours ago. I can't buy this. I'm sorry. Demi is one of the biggest <gasps> stars in the Bachelor world of the last couple of years. I think you would know who she was, at least at this point for sure, if you're coming on to Paradise. Maybe he didn't watch her seasons or whatever, but he's he's been doing podcasts like he knows who these people are. Once you're in the Bachelor world, you become aware of these people. Him saying this, I thought, was a complete lie. Is it possible this man just did no no preseason work, just yeah, floating by? It's possible, but, like, no. That can't <laughs> You know what I mean? He understands, especially if he's now coming on Paradise. He went through, I'll buy, he went through Bachelorette season 15 or season 16, sorry, not knowing anything. I'll buy that he came in blind. When he leaves that season, he's hanging out with these fucking players in New York. He's in the Bachelor world. We know from what we have seen in Bachelor in Paradise, plus what we know about social media and all that shit, he's dating fucking Piper James from another season of the show. He's fully aware of all the people in this weird pantheon of Bachelor players. This is a lie. He's nagging. Like, why say it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's negging, and I think it's he's using it to lead into his double O, his options open, to say, like, mm. I don't even know who you were until a couple hours ago, so I still got to see who's coming in and blah, blah, blah. Right. Demi is pissed, says, oh, am I not enough? I feel rejected. And back at the beach, there is some drama brewing about Brendan. Mari says, I think he's holding out for Piper. And Victoria says, it's crazy he came then. And now we have the whole beach talking about how Brendan might be still dating Piper. Box James did his preseason work. He says he saw it on social media. Beautiful. James Bonsall showing us that you gotta look at the social media. You gotta be in that parasocial world if you want to know everything that's going on in our beloved game. And then Natasha gets the news that he might have been dating Piper before the season, and she thinks it's fucked up. Why would you be here if that was a thing? She asks, well, Natasha, because he wants Instagram followers. It is incredibly hard, in my opinion, to mount a successful 4TWR accusation in paradise. I feel like in paradise, anything <laughs> goes. Now, you know, there there is a contradiction to that. Obviously, we're going to get to it and through the course of this episode when Victoria... Paul does what she does, but 
overall, I think you can be forthright about that. I think you can be like, yeah, I just came out here for a good time to see if anything happens. Don't obviously say Instagram followers, but like, it's very hard for me to believe that, that, that Natasha is genuinely like, how dare he come here if he's dating someone else? But back on the one-on-one, Demi tells Brennan that she is the cream of the crop, which is true. She came in with the most Instagram followers of anybody. And she ITMs anger at his rejection, saying it has never happened to her before, except for Colton. (laughs) But he was gay, she reminds us, which I thought was an interesting recall of Colton and also a reduction of the first, and to our knowledge, as Bachelor Nation, only out gay bachelor. She reduces him to the punchline of a joke here. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, I'm just going to fuck everything up tonight. There's a storm brewing. We see a crab, a parrot, a bunch of creatures. It's a category for Hurricane Demi. I love that the women are represented to be these natural disasters in this show. We have Hurricane Demi and we have the Taj Nado. And Demi has also threatened to become... Uh, raging fire and burn the whole beach down. We saw that in True. tonight's episode. She's not just a well, hurricane. She's a demigod. She can control all of nature. <laughs> she's a fiery cyclone. <laughs> she's a shaman. Portion number three, Ivan and Jasenia talk about the boom boom room. She says that's something I take a little slower, but they make out. And we see... Victoria Paul and James. James was the man who was in a box on the beginning of Katie's season. And she tells him, do you believe in fate? What is meant for you is not going to miss you. And he says, out of everyone here, I'm vibing you the most. So James is playing a starter here. A starter, by the way, is when you tell somebody that they are, it's not an all eggs in one basket, which is I'm dating you, no one else. It's basically saying you're number one of what's here. And Jasenia gets the second date card. It's time to make a splash. She invites Ivan. They go to a secluded pool and eat dinner in the middle of it. And Jasenia plays a PTC here about her time in game. She says, Ivan says that was a, she talks about Ivan's conversations on Tasha's season, how she appreciated that he wasn't afraid to go there. He says it was a time in society where a lot was going on, had no backlash at all, almost zero racist messages. And it's just not right. You guys have to go through that. People tend to be harder on women. Justania says, I've always been aware I'm a person of color, but then to go home and face these really scary, nasty messages online where people were just outright racist towards you. I did get some support, but I had never experienced that type of racism until after the show. So she had to think long and hard about coming back. But she feels safe with Ivan. I couldn't believe that this conversation happened in paradise, that the producers left it in in paradise. This was a sincere, super serious conversation about a very important topic, something that we were even surprised to see in Tasha's season when she and Ivan had a similar conversation during their one-on-one date about Mm -hmm. race and how it affected their lives. To see it here in paradise... I was to some degree impressed that the producers allowed it to stay in. And certainly we get the sense that this is a couple that is going to last, that this is the one we need to like be focusing on, that they are serious, yeah. they are for TRR. And of course, Ivan then tells her that he's going to give her his rose. They kiss, they get in a pool. She does a little bit of an underwater hooju as they make out. And then she ITMs a love level two loading saying, I could see myself falling in love with Ivan. 
And then in portion four, Demi returns to the beach from her date with Brendan. She tells the other lady players that her date was great and sexual, in fact. And then she gets filled in about the Piper scenario. And when Brendan comes back, the other women literally flee Demi in a group. They all stand in unison and they're like, <laughs> oh, we'll let you talk to him. Bye. And they just disappear, which is a fucking hilarious shot. And then Demi and Brennan talk about Piper and about what he told her. And Brennan's kind of floundering when he gets called out. And you can hear as they're talking. This is a very important little moment. I posted a video of this on my Instagram. Please go check it out. See what you all think. But there's a very important moment that happens right here. Serena Pitt and the other players are off watching this conversation happen. And she says he's on defense and somebody else, maybe James Bonsall, says Demi's doing a full court press. We get open gameplay speech here. And then we hear Brendan say something to Demi about the producers, blaming them for some part of everything bad that's going on here. We can't exactly make it out. Again, I've posted that video on my Instagram. If you take a look, take a listen, see what you think. But this is a rare moment where a player is caught on camera and it's included in the edit saying something negative about producers telling another player like this isn't my fault the producers are setting this up trying to fuck us all i found this fascinating that this was still in the document they didn't know what scrutinizing eyes were uh beholding this document (laughs) (laughs) they have to know at this point it's not just me i mean there are people making tiktoks about this and shit like it's plenty of people saw this and were like what the fuck Demi says, you're waiting for her. I don't really believe anything you say. Natasha is meanwhile ITMing about how she's always dealing with messy people. Those affairs should be sewed up. I would not think a human would come in here in that scenario, which is shocking because humans come into this scenario like that every single season. Uh, Natasha then pulls Brendan. They talk about the date. She asks if they felt a connection. Brendan said, I had fun with her, but did she set my soul on fire? No. We don't have any labels regarding Piper. Don't know if she's going to be here. That part I don't believe either. Um, but we've had actually deeper convos than I ever had with Piper. I really liked spending time with you and have the strongest connection with you. So Brendan is playing a starter here for Natasha. And it works. Yeah, she seems good with the answers. And then we see that portion ends with Demi, a shot of her breaking down, doing some tear play. She went from... Demigod, tornado, hurricane to crying in a corner very quickly. That is one of her powers, though. She's able to flip that switch at will. That was something that you predicted. You were like, she goes all powerful and then she quickly victimizes. And it's part of what is amazing about her gameplay. It's just you're on this roller coaster with her mixed with all of this extremely strong, colorful narration. I mean, she's absolutely dominating. And it works. Like, I buy it. I've seen her do it a hundred fucking times now, and it doesn't matter. She can go from saying, I'm the cream of the crop. I'm going to take all these women's men. I'm going to burn this fucking beach down. And I'm like, yeah, she's crazy. She's going to burn everything down. (laughs) And then she starts crying. And I'm like, oh, my God, Demi, I hope you feel better. It works on me. I don't know how or why. Uh I even know it's gameplay. It doesn't matter. That's the power of charisma. We see that Carl has made some romantic inroads. He's get get some kisses with Deandra. Where's that fucking relationship, Car- by the way? Can I have that? <sighs> We're footage? not gonna see it. Can I see Carl playing his game? What the fuck is that like? 
All we're getting of him is these karate shots. How the fuck did he start making out with DeAndre Canoe? That is a mystery to me that I need solved. And the footage exists. Just give it to me. I know. I wish we would at least get like the moments before each of these kisses happen. I guess it's just a tonnage issue at this point. And obviously they don't want us following Carl's romantic journey. But... They don't have to put it in the document. Just email it to us at Game of Roses. At email our it email. It, it's in our bio, please. I just want to see it. I, we don't even have to talk about it. I won't reveal it. I just want to see it. Connor B, Love Level 1's Marissa, and they're kissing. And then we start getting into this thing with Victoria Paul. She keeps calling James Jordan, and she ITMs that she's essentially going to manipulate him into giving her the rose. <laughs> She's just like, no fucking holds barred, straight gameplay. She's like, I don't know this guy's mm-hmm. name. I know he has a rose, and I'm going to fucking get it. At this point, I'm like, all right, damn, I'm on board for this. This is going to be a good ride, and let's see how good her game is. It turns out, obviously, not that great. But she asks him this weird question where they're in their getting to know you face <laughs> if he pees inside or outside in the morning, and he's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, uh, maybe that's a Louisiana thing. I'm still like... Is it? To be fair, <laughs> I have a lot of friends from Louisiana, and I could see this being a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know. They just seem like the type of people who piss outside. Yeah. That makes but, sense. But, okay. you know, it's just a, you know, what do you call that? When it's just an anecdote and it's not actual statistical data? <laughs> I, I don't know. Speculation? <laughs> Speculation. Um, James is loading love level one for Victoria P despite these uh, this piss interrogation he asked her to tell him more stereotypical Louisiana things and Tammy Tammy is mixing it up I love it she ITMs that she was caught in Victoria P's web of lies on Peter's season and loads this 4TWR accusation James meanwhile is definitely caught in that web. He says, do you know how bad I want to kiss you? They make out. And Kelsey and Tammy, who, by the way, had a rivalry plotline on Popeye's season, have teamed up. And they say, Victoria P. might have a boyfriend back home. Tammy ITMs that Victoria P. has a current boyfriend. It's actually all a playbook. Find her next victim to break his heart have cameras follow her back to Nashville and have cameras film her and her country boyfriend. And we see like a sports diagram of this. It was incredible. That graphic, when they brought up that fucking literal game plan of Victoria P, all I was thinking in my head is like, please do more of this and please put it in the main (laughs) game. Could you imagine seeing detailed graphic game plans for people in Bachelor and Bachelorette? That would be fucking fascinating. What did we see? Do you remember Madison Pruitt's intro video on Pilot Pete season? It had basketball. It's her, it had and her, her dad, dad. The rings. They go to a chalkboard and they put oh, like plays right. on the yes. chalkboard. Yeah. I hate that my brain is doing this. That's <laughs> eh, just what it is now. It's just what it's we are. It's just what it is. That's what we are. Meanwhile, Kelsey and Tammy, they're thinking about tattling. Portion six, David Spade enters. 
He says, Kenny, I didn't recognize you with clothes on. Taj, you okay? Noah, little Miami Vice look. He's doing some crowd work here. Anyone confident? Ivan, I know where mine is going. James, I am confident too. And Spade reminds them, four women are going home. Have a few drinks. Live it up. Tomorrow, new guest host. Be nice. Bye-bye. All right, where do I get paid? Farewell, David Spade. You came in. You did your job to some degree. I... Look, I know some people like him and think he's funny. I thought his lack of enthusiasm <laughs> for me was just not what I like to see. And he also reprises one of his old SNL characters' catchphrases as he goes, as they say on the airlines, bye-bye. That's a character he used to do. Oh, really? Yeah, back in the 90s. I didn't know that was a callback. I think most people watching this show did not know that was a callback. <laughs> Look, he's in the tag, and I did laugh at it, so he got a laugh from me, finally. After 45 <laughs> years in the business, this was the first laugh he got out of you? Our cocktail party begins that night. Carl is surrounded by the roseless women. He wields the most power he's ever had in this moment at this point in the game, and I have to imagine he's feeling pretty good. He says, I wished for this moment. I got one, two, three, four princesses. <laughs> He's trying. Look, <laughs> this is the thing. Whatever he's doing worked because he's still around. It's so strange to me that we're not getting to see how he's doing this. We just see him in these makeout shots or talking to four oh. women at once. I'm so paranoid that I feel like he is still in it because of us. <laughs> Somehow. Great. If we can help him, I'm happy to do it so. It feels like it's for us. Look, I did not like, by the way, what he did to Taj on night one, like ignoring her when she was trying to introduce herself. A little, I don't know, some sort of nagging gesture as well. But he's got his hits and his misses. And, oh gosh. Then we see <laughs> Tammy is making out with Aaron, which, by the way, I love this pairing because I feel like both of them are exactly the same type of player they're kind of like mob bosses they're professional rival men they just target people they love to tattle and then serena c shoots her shot with aaron which involves him beatboxing she has a mic and she raps which ends with it's such a beautiful place i want to sit on your lap show me how you kiss which i thought was a pretty good kiss lead in line yeah, I don't know if that was freestyle or if she had that made up, but if it was freestyle, you know, and seemingly drunk freestyle at that, not bad. <laughs> However, this makeout is short-lived as Tammy immediately grabs him, calls him a good kisser, they make out, and she mounts Aaron, one-upping Serena C. Just an extreme display of dominance here. There is no question in anyone's mind who can see her doing this that Aaron belongs to her. Serena Chu, good try. This did not work. Tammy says, I have the nicest trophy on the block that everyone wants. And Aaron, <laughs> once she has dismounted, says, I'm pretty excited. I can't get up, to be honest. And then we see this shot. A crab lifts its claws in celebration of Aaron's excitement, and that victorious crab <laughs> was my... <laughs> Creature of the week. Oh my god. 
<laughs> the boner crab was your fucking creature. The boner you... crab. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> when they cut to that fucking crab, I was like, "What? This is so weird." Usually, boners they cut to like some kind of protrusion sticking up into the frame, or sometimes they'll even cut mm-hmm. to like waterfall or fucking some kind of explosion or whatever. The crab, like, yay, celebrating. I thought was pretty funny. So, yeah, I- I'm with you. It was not my creature of the week, but it was a solid creature. There were a lot of nominations. And then portion seven begins with some one-on-one time between GSJ and Serena Pitt. They snuggle and talk about how he doesn't have a wife or kids yet. Ha ha ha. They get a kiss. We see Trey and Tajwan. She says he has a glow about him and she ITMs that they have a solid foundation, but she won't get comfortable because anything can happen. And then we see Victoria Larson. She is now in emergency mode. She starts to go for Brendan. And Tajwan says she's stressed out by the goddess being there. And then Larson talks to Trey. And she says she would love to steal him from Taj. Taj is getting nauseous from all this. And she says there is a Tajnado coming. Everybody's a hurricane. Everybody's a NATO. Everybody's tearing this place apart with their weather forces. You got to have your aggressive alter ego, your Hannah Beast. Yeah, nobody's really pulling out an alter ego yet. <laughs> wonder if we'll get one i hope so the world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again but after the year we've all had getting back to feeling normal takes time you know my first entry back into the real world was actually your birthday party pace case and oh really yes how special it was special indeed it was a little awkward I even had conversations with people about not knowing what we should do to talk to one another because none of us had been back out in the wild again. (laughs) And it is important during this time to prioritize your mental health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, you're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. Getting unbiased feedback and advice from a licensed professional can be refreshing and actually rewarding. When you're in a low point, you might feel alone, but over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health, and we all need help sometimes. Asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Talkspace makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions, all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. Whether you're a parent student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. You can set goals with your therapist and they can help to make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop tools to cope in difficult times. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code ROSES. That's $100 off when you use ROSES at Talkspace.com. Pace Case, I've been eating food almost every day for 45 years. And so now I... Indeed. And I know a thing or two about food and what I've come to learn is that Good food makes all the difference. Green Chef makes it easy to eat the immune-boosting foods you need to stay healthy 
and fuel a jam-packed end to summer. Green Chef takes care of meal planning, grocery shopping, and even some food prep, giving you more time to tackle back-to-school season. Eating well is easier than ever with satisfying home-cooked dinners and options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. You can choose from 30 easy-to-follow recipes every week with options for keto, paleo, and plant-powered diets, as well as meals to help you eat in a more balanced way. Duck is often associated with fancy, overpriced restaurant meals, but why? Cooking duck breast is actually a pretty straightforward process. You slowly render the fat from the skin, flip and cook the meat to your desired level of doneness. I recently made the curried duck, which is on the keto paleo meal. It was pretty fast to cook. You season the duck with these Malaysian style curry spices, coriander, cumin, clove, turmeric, also some sesame ginger amino sauce and creminis for an ultra umami experience. I loved it. My guests loved it. It rivaled a meal of a stuffy bistro any day of the week. And now Green Chef is owned by HelloFresh, the wider array of meal plans to choose from. So there's something for everyone. We love switching between the brands, and now Gore listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with us. You just go to greenchef.com slash roses100 and use the code roses100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash roses100 and use that code roses100. You're going to get $100 off, including free shipping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Taj and Victoria Larson have a little rivalry here. Taj says you're stressed out and scrambling and don't know where you're getting a rose from. You're acting very fraudulent and a little selfish. Victoria, how can I help you resolve these emotions? Both the way, both Victorias in this episode are acting. It's like they maybe went to a little therapy. They're just like pulling maybe from that or something they're just <laughs> I gotta say, don't know though, what it is in terms of victoria larson i was really expecting her to walk onto this beach and just crack skulls leaving bodies in her wake she did almost nothing i don't know what it was yeah. the goddess thing didn't really work it was like kind of a good intention coming in she's gonna up it from queen to goddess fine but there was it's no goddess audience game it's bad Taj says you're going back to your old ways, affected my relationship. Victoria says I apologize. Taj, are you sincere? Do you feel bad? Not being genuine. Victoria, you're coming aggressively towards me. This confirms you're nuts. You're crazy. Don't like the use of the word aggressive here. Victoria Larson starts crying. She's crazy. Taj, sayonara. Hasta la vista. And she also walks away, which is a, a tactic we will also see Victoria P do the exact same thing when she gets cornered. And speaking of Victoria P, this begins her villain edit. James Bonsall and Tammy are having some one-on-one time, and Bonsall says he feels like other girls are, in quotes, rose chasing. And we must take a moment Mm -hmm. to praise Bonsall for giving to us, for submitting to the fourth audience a brand new term. I feel like in this moment, he named something. I think rose chasing and rose chasers is something we need to absorb into the lexicon. All credit where it's due. James Bonsall has coined this phrase, and I think we're going to use it forever now because 
it's something we talk about in terms of game mechanics, but we've never had a succinct name to give it. And I feel like Rose Chasing mm-hmm. is exactly that. It was definitely Bonsal. It wasn't Tammy. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have it written down. Bonsal says he feels like the other girls are, in mm. quotes, Rose Chasing. I'm not sure if it was him or Tammy. For now, we'll say it was either him or Tammy. We will go back into our document. We will, we will find this out. We will confirm. Don't it was worry. one of those two. Don't worry. Yeah. We will really, get to the bottom of this. We're not getting in the weeds this episode. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> and Tammy does what Tammy does best. Tammy tattles. She says, Victoria has a boyfriend who's an aspiring country singer back home, and she was with him literally Thursday. We got a timeline. They share a dog together. James, interesting. My head is spinning right now. Tammy, I want you to find a connection like me and Aaron. Don't want to see you get played. James, I was just kissing her on a beach bed. Tammy, also, she was like, what's my guy's name? Tim? <laughs> just to throw salt onto the wound. <laughs> they keep cutting that in. And I mean, that was one of Victoria P's biggest errors was not fucking being able to remember a name. <laughs> and then trying to make jokes out of it. It's like, this is going to come back to haunt you. And indeed it does. But Bonsall then goes over to Kelsey Weir, takes her aside to get some corroboration because she knows Victoria P. from Nashville. She confirms the rumors, and she is now a part of this tattle gang inadvertently with Tammy. Bonsall then goes after Victoria P. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she was. I don't think oh, her intention I believe was this to be was a, part a plan. Of oh, really? I believe Tammy was hooking Kelsey up. Interesting. I mean, ultimately, later, obviously, they are together to corroborate each other's stories. But I felt like, at least in this moment, Bonsall actually goes to Weir, takes the initiative to be like, let me ask you a question. But but Tammy had said Kelsey can attest to this as well. That is true. And then Bonsall goes straight to the source, Victoria P. He pulls her aside for a one-on-one conversation and asks <laughs> her if she has a boyfriend back home. She says she dated someone from February to May, giving us that strong timeline once again. And he told her to step into this process with an open heart. James says, we talked about past relationships. and like, this didn't come up. She's like, there's parts of me and you that take time. I don't know your last name. And James, <laughs> she said the wrong line there. James, you didn't know my first name. Victoria, this is a lot. James, you're getting aggressive with me. It's not going well. And James plays a sabbatical here. He says, I left my friends, my job to explore relationships here, spent the majority of the time with you, not to be used for a rose. And Victoria P is not handling this well. She's getting defensive, and this is not what you want to do if you're getting basically a 4TWR accusation. What she should have said here was, yes, I was dating someone right up until the time I came here. We both had an agreement that I would come on here and see what happened, and that's fine. Like, multiple people here are like that. That's what this experience is. It comes at a certain time in your life and you are either ready to go or you're not. And it kind of made me realize that that relationship I was in wasn't that serious. I had to make the choice. Do I come here or stay with him? And my choice was to come here. That's all you ever have to say in these situations. I'm here now because I chose to be. That's it. It's, I mean, Brendan doesn't even do it that well, but he fights off the almost the exact same accusation. Yeah. And we're getting more villain edits for Victoria P. Also, she says, I'm wading through water I've never been in before. I just forgot the guy I was vibing with his name. And she's humming. I've been through this. Thank God for therapy. 
And she goes to talk to the Tattle team, Tammy and Kelsey. And <laughs> Tammy says we're friends, but I'm gonna, not going to call. I'm going to call people out on bullshit. Victoria, let me use therapy techniques and make this healthy for all of us because I love y'all. <laughs> this environment can bring out parts of people that aren't real. Kelsey, are you saying we're not real? <laughs> Victoria, I'm blindsided. Kelsey, you're trying to blame the actions on us. Tammy, you can manipulate people, but I have the receipts. Victoria, I need to process my feelings. I'm going to take a pause. And meanwhile, Kelsey's trying to talk to her. It's disrespectful for you not to listen to me. And Victoria P. pulls tears. And then she pulls something which, a play style which she is known for, an IFI, that she is lightheaded, doesn't feel good, leaves the situation. She did a similar thing when they were on the, um, the gyro group date when they went to pilot school during pilot Pete season. She played an IFI. She played an IFI on the group football date as well. Yeah, this entire interaction here, I could see what she was trying to do. She was trying to sit them down and be like, look, I'm disappointed in you guys for telling him about this stuff. And Kelsey was just <laughs> like, excuse me? I'm not having this shit. We told him the truth. You should be disappointed in your actions. You can't turn this back on us. She was trying in some way to play a victim to their tattle but they mm-hmm. were just like, no, the tattle was true. You can go fuck yourself. And it blew up in her face miraculously. And her only choice, or at least as she sees it, her only choice of an action here is to start crying and walk away. <laughs> just to fucking bail out of the situation that she herself created. Tammy calls her right, Medusa in her ITFs. And Victoria talks to James once again, says, I want you to know I walked into this 100% open. But I think the best thing for me to do is take all of me, imperfect me, growing me, and walk away from this. I hope you walk away with this, the love of your life. Even Kelsey and Tammy, they're much better than this. James, I was appreciative of them coming to me. (laughs) And she tells him that she's going to self-eliminate. And Victoria P's self-elimination in this conversation with James Bonsall was my... Error, 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 error of the game. You don't self-eliminate. And if you do, you don't do it like this. This was basically the final error in a string of errors that (laughs) Victoria P. had committed basically since she got on the beach. She came in with a prior boyfriend, or at least the rumor of one, without having a plan about how to handle that. She gets called out for it, has the ability to walk through that, to defend against it, doesn't do that at all starts a fight with the two people who tattled on her without having any kind of plan if they fight back and is then reduced to (laughs) tears and crying in the darkness, forcing her to do what she believes is the best move here to self-eliminate because she obviously knows she's not going to get a rose. Victoria P's entire play, this paradise was just unwatchable. It was error after error. No, we, we thought she would be better based on just some of the things she was able to start on pilot Pete's season, but yeah, yeah, she did not prepare. Even her saying Kelsey and Tammy are better than this when she's leaving the parting shot where she's like, but you have a bunch of, there are a bunch of great women here and even Kelsey and Tammy, they're better than this. Bonsall doesn't even let her get away with that. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I appreciate them telling me. Everything she tried failed. Literally everything. As she gets in the car to go, a masked person runs down the stairs next to her and this was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno 
Bystander of the week. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is just some. Um, is a random production person? We don't know, but I appreciate their contribution to this game. The only person I saw who was not a player or a host this whole week. <laughs> Shit, I didn't even see one, so I'll have to take your word for it. And this person was also my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Oh my god. If we got no choice, we Glad got Glad you no trust choice. me. Yeah. Um, James tells everyone Victoria P is self-eliminated. Demi goes, it's better you heard it now. And she ITMs, we're going for James. Fuck it. Brilliant. She swoops in immediately to start talking to him. Immediately. And James goes, well, I'd give you my friendship rose maybe. And she immediately is like, about friendship is that all this is she's immediately playing chemistry game even though there isn't any there this is all fake to her she is literally rose chasing at this point but it's working because she's so fucking good at it and she's like well you're very handsome and he's like you're very beautiful and she asks him point blank if they're gonna have sex this is like to my knowledge (laughs) the first conversation she's had with this man 45 seconds into it she's asking him if they're gonna have sex she, I mean, she leads with her sexuality a lot. We saw her talk about, joke about the boom room room with several people in their in her, their first conversations. And this Hail Mary by Demi was almost my play of the game. But it's also like, I mean, we'll get to this in a minute when we see who the roses are handed out. It's also not a Hail Mary. It's like, right? yes, she's playing That's well, why I didn't give it to her. There's no fucking question she's getting the rose. The producers are going to give it to her. We'll get to that in a second. But James basically is, you know, putty in her hands. At least that is what we are led to believe here in this little thing. While Kelsey does a short little conversation with him about being impressed with how he handled it. And I'm open to exploring things. Let's just call it the Kelsey Rose. I accept Demi ITM'd. He likes her. How? Where's the sexual tension? I will literally light this place on fire if Kelsey stays over me. Demi is also off in the shadows watching that conversation, and she says Kelsey looks desperate (laughs) as fuck. She is constantly playing the game at all times. She needs to know who's in what situations, who might be above her, who's threatening Mm -hmm. one of her roses. She's just, she's such an astute player, and it's like guarding James. She's fucking incredible. I God damn, she's good. I think this may be her last paradise. That makes me sad, but maybe it won't be. Maybe she'll mm-hmm. be back next year. Triple paradise. I don't know. But portion nine begins, and Wells is the MC of this RC, and he basically does the DLH role here, saying there are 10 roses, which means three women will be going home tonight, and we see the very predictable couples giving all the roses, and it comes down to, in the end... James is going to give his final rose. Who will he give it to? And as James takes his place next to the pedestal, we get one final IFI from the Huju master, Kelsey Weir. She starts passing out. And Demi ITMs that it's fake, which doesn't matter. Get a bullshitter, bullshitter. 
but it's IFI is IFI. It doesn't have to be real. Look at Tira Lacazzi. None of hers were real. They all achieved the desired effect. And this one does too. Kelsey gets a little more screen time and it all becomes about her for just a moment. And I love that she did this so close on the heels of Bachelor 25 where Sarah Trotter did this during a rose ceremony. If I was in a rose ceremony at this point in the professional era, every rose ceremony should have at least one IFI. I want to get to a point where we see <laughs> everyone have an IFI simultaneously. Everybody's knees buckle at the same time. They all pass out. <laughs> And it can all be fake, obviously, but I need to see that happen. Let's hope season 26 gets it done. And then, of course, James gives who his rose? Oh, it's Demi. This is a producer rose. The producers told him to do this. I wouldn't be surprised if they paid him to do this. And if they didn't, Mm -hmm. they should have. And for anybody listening, if you're in paradise, there are going to be players that invariably the producers want to keep them around. Players like Demi, who are going to be good on camera. There might not be a rose for them. They might come to you if you have a free rose and be like, hey, you should give it to this player. I think you can openly tell them, absolutely, that'll be $5,000. I think you can absolutely (laughs) do that. You think that's the going rate? 5K for a friendship Whatever you want. Depends on who. I mean, fuck, maybe he could have gotten 10K for for Demi. Like, that's that's a pretty big get. Otherwise, if he's like, I'm going to give it to... Whoever was left, Kelsey Weir. They might not have been too sad about Kelsey Weir. Serena Chu, you know, they've got plans for Demi. They have deep plans for Demi because they know mm-hmm. she's going to fuck shit up. She's already had these conversations with them. Send me in to do she whatever. She was the star of last season. Exactly. So I'm just saying, when you've got somebody like Demi that the producers need to keep around, I think you can get paid to do that. You just have to negotiate the payment. That's all. But we say goodbye to Serena Chu, Victoria Larson, and the Huju Queen, Kelsey Weir. All players I would have liked to have seen more from, but Paradise destroyed them. Uh, You're missing one very important part of this RC. Wells did the Tamsig. I know, I know, I know. So, very interesting, Wells. I see what you're doing there, and it's interesting. (laughs) Is Wells going to be hosting season 26? He's he's making a play for it. That's for fucking sure. I mean, this is his audition. I would say it's pretty neutral at this point, but I could see it. I mean, my instinct just keeps coming back to Ben Higgins, but mm. maybe he's not someone who would want to do that at this point. But regardless, David Spade does his limo exit in the tag. Says it's fun to be with a bunch of other good-looking people. I said to Brendan, us tens need to stick together. And he didn't get it. I'm looking forward to seeing those people on Cameo. I thought it was going to be easy. Doing barely anything was harder than I thought. I was like, okay. I I laughed at that. (laughs) Good for you. The Cameo. makes one of us. But that ends (laughs) the first episode of this two-episode marathon. And now we begin week two, episode three. (laughs) Portion one begins. Podcast number four (laughs) starts now. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, every once in a while we do something in service of this fucking thing that really does just turn your brain to mush or it it just, it erases your identity. Today is that Mm -hmm. day for me. Yes. Oh, 100%. From the time I got up to whatever time we're doing this now, 830 at night to I'm going to be editing this shit until two in the morning. 
it's like today is just one of those goddamn days that just takes it all out of you. Yeah. But I got to say, I feel okay about it because it's like I'm I'm leaving it all in the field. I feel like I'm a player in service of our beloved game today that whatever these motherfuckers are going through on Bachelor in Paradise where they're living there with all the crabs and the heat, I feel like I'm getting a little taste of their suffering today. That's all. Look, I'm definitely not okay, but I'm doing it for the pit. I uh, really enjoyed Same. my my twenty minute break, my twenty minute break where I uh, ate a loaf of bread. So I'm running on <laughs> running on sourdough today. You ate a loaf of bread. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big bread dinner? person. I, oh. Has this not come up on the podcast? Yeah, I don't know. one of my favorite foods. <laughs> I my loaf of bread where I knew that I was really fucking losing it was while watching this episode of Paradise. I had a full on fucking hallucination out of the corner of my eye. I saw like shadows moving across my wall and I was like, what the fuck? Like I looked over quickly because I thought it was like a fucking animal or something. And it wasn't. It was just like my eyes are fucking starting to not work properly because I've been staring at screens all day and my brain is mush. But, you know, whatever. Between a loaf of bread and a hallucination, we're doing it. Doing it for the pit. Second half, we'll try to go a little less weeds. <laughs> All right, yeah. So the morning after the rose ceremony, Noah gets the colorful narrator. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't matter. My notes are just as fucking intricate and insane. But let, let's see what yeah. we can do. Let's try and streamline it here. We get a boombox has been set on a table in paradise. It says, play me. It plays, it's in sync, it's gonna be me. Everyone dances, Lance Bass enters, he is this week's guest host, and he does, uh, he chats with the girls about where they're at, you know, going into this week that they have the power. We get a creature montage of all these animals freaking out that Thomas is gonna enter, a bird, lizard, iguana, a snake. Over Trey saying snake behavior. And Thomas enters the chat. 25th Sand. He talks with Lance Bass about the other guys not liking him. He says that it wasn't just one player. It was the collective that was against him, he says. So even he recognized unionization play was levied against him. And he gets a date card coming in. He shows up. And obviously all the guys who have been shit-talking him are not happy. And we end this portion. I don't know if you noticed this. I know you have a strange relationship with sounds, but mm-hmm. we end this portion with an eagle screech. Did you hear it? There are no eagles in the sky no. on the beach. It ends with, Arr! they just are throwing the sound in for no reason now. I don't know what it's meant to convey here, but that is how this portion ends. They do that with villains. Is they, they throw a bunch of creatures as if like nature is disturbed by this <laughs> sand placement. <laughs> He pissed the fucking eagle off that doesn't live there. Oh, fuck. Portion 2 begins. Thomas comes in. He's making his greetings. Aaron immediately looks like he's going to kill him. Some other people take note of this. And none of the women apparently know who he is, which is true because his season has not yet aired by the time they go into shooting. And James Bond saw ITMs that doesn't seem like Thomas is here for TRR. And he starts talking to a bunch of the various women who are on the beach. And all of our guys are getting jealous and hoping that he's not going to pull the person they're with for his one-on-one. By the way, and Aaron says to the guys, if I rock-bottomed him to the jaw, rearranged his jawline, that's God's work. 
Yeah. Violence is always God's work Mm -hmm. if it's done against the right people. We had an interesting moment where James Bonsall tells a group of people that uh, Thomas said he wanted to be the bachelor on their season. And I think it's grocery store Joe who goes, oh, he openly admitted it as though (laughs) we all think it. You just can't say it out loud. I thought that was an interesting admission. Yeah, by the way. GSJ has gone full castaway. He has wrapped up his hair. He looks like he has been living on this beach for 30 years. <laughs> the fucking edit they're giving him. hes They're making it seem like he is just going off by himself, talking to no one. He's hanging out with people and having drinks with them and shit. They're just not giving us any of that footage. They're really playing up this dejected grocery store Joe image. Portion three, they do this little... <laughs> Uh, vil- I guess villain slash fool edit on Thomas about how he's always calling attention to his height and he does we see him do this height thing with Mari and Marissa where he's like oh I gotta be careful I'm gonna hit my head on that because I'm so big I've never seen anything like this so his move is to fake like he's hitting his head on shit because he's too tall he literally mm-hmm. does it in the same little palapa with multiple fucking people and uses the same catchphrase again and again and again. And I'm just like, how many times has he done this in bars? How many times has he done this walking into somebody's apartment, wherever it may be? This is his go-to move is to pretend that he's hitting his head on shit. I don't think he even knows that he's doing it at this point. It's just, Oh, he knows. It's like saying hello. (laughs) Uh, James, meanwhile, informs the woman about Thomas and discusses Katie's speech when she kicked Thomas out. Thomas asks Serena P. what she's looking for. She says a ring. And Thomas gives her his date card. And Serena P. then breaks this news to GSJ, saying, I'm going to go on a date with this guy. And he takes it pretty well. He's like, you got to explore your options. I get it. And she uses being open. And that's why they came here praising the process a little bit as her kind of reason to do it. And he wishes her a bad time and they kiss each other on the cheek. And we really don't know at this point what's going to happen. But grocery store Joe says that he's not romantically interested in anyone else. And he doesn't want to go through the same heartbreak that he had with Kendall long, his first trip through paradise. It is not worth it. And then portion four begins with (laughs) beautiful visual symphony. Carl Smith (laughs) on the beach doing martial arts into the air as the crabs watch. This is actually a fantastic antics play. You're getting colorful narration by Demi Mm -hmm. talking about him beating the shit out of the air. He got basically a whole minute's worth of screen time out of nothing. I cannot recommend antics enough. Whether you're in the main game, in paradise, doing funny things like this is very usually going to wind you up on screen maybe even getting superstars like Demi Burnett to comment on it. Fantastically done by Carl here. Yeah, work with what you got. You got the beach, you've got the ocean, you've got the rocks, and we've seen people use the rocks to lift weights. That's like a type of antic people have done. We've seen them get attached to pool floats. That's another go-to you can go for, develop a relationship with a pool float animal. And everyone gawks at Carl, calls him Jason Bourne. And he apparently is a student of this game. He walks everyone through grocery store Joe's dating history, including saying that's the bar where he and Kendall made out for the first time. So I'm like, okay, Carl learned from his mistake and he went and watched Paradise. 
did he watch it? Did GSJ tell him this? Did the producers feed him these lines? I'm like, where's he getting this fucking information? What is the most likely thing? I don't know. It seems like Grocery Store Joe probably told him in a conversation that we never got to see, of course, because they cut out all that shit. The only shit we get to see of GSJ is just him walking around with T-shirts on his head, sleeping. But Tajwan warns Serena P that there's something off with Thomas just before she goes on the date, and Serena says he's hot enough to find out if there are any red flags. Then... GSJ is back at the bar and he's talking to Wells about the situation and says if she hits it off with Thomas, he doesn't want to reprise the same scenario he had with Kendall and Leo, a man that I had forgotten about for a very long time. Uh-huh. But the memories just came flooding back of all the memes I made of his giant, luxurious his hair. hairs. GSJ ITMs. Leo, fuck him. Still. Where's Leo? <laughs> then we get the one-on-one date itself. They are in bathing suits and they get on this big inflatable thing and a boat pulls them around in the water. And we see Serena Pitt making out with Thomas on this inflatable thing as GSJ is still talking to Wells about how heartbroken he'll be if they hit it off. And once again, he implies that he's going to be leaving paradise if Serena comes back and chooses Thomas over him. Memes are the language of this generation, I've heard it said. And I make them. I speak that language. And before I found Canva, I was taking way too long to make my memes. And my memes are not that good. But now (laughs) I have Canva Pro. And it allows me to make memes in half the time with twice the quality. I can design anything like a pro on literally any device. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Whether you're a design professional or just getting started, designing with Canva Pro is amazingly fast and fun. Choose from thousands of professionally made templates that are easy to customize with simple drag and drop features or start from scratch. Canva Pro comes with endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more that add personality and edge to whatever you're designing. My favorite Canva Pro feature is currently Schedule Social. It's called Canva Schedule. It's a social media tool that helps get you seen where you can post and engage on Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Twitter and schedule your posts so that you don't have to time everything out perfectly and you're engaging with your audience multiple times a week. You can also set up your brand kit where you upload your logos, your fonts, and your colors, and then you apply it to all of your templates to maintain brand consistency very easily. Sharing, creating, and organizing designs as a group has never been easier. Canva Pro helps you stay on top of team projects all in one place. No more misplaced files or tedious back and forth. With Canva Pro's content planner, you'll save time planning, creating, and posting social media content too. Pause scheduled posts and edit them at any time. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use this promo code. You just go to canva.me slash roses and you're going to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash roses. Canva.me slash roses. Get out there. Make some memes. Portion five, we get our second entrance of the episode. It's Riley from Clacia's season. 
he doesn't get to talk to Lance Bass. This is 26th Sand. This is giant arms, full body built. We have never seen someone come in like this. I mean, he looks like a professional bodybuilder at this point. He had giant arms on his season of Bachelorette. I think they've gotten bigger. I think he went to the gym overtime in preparation for Paradise. Fantastic move. You need to be able to turn all heads when you are not wearing a shirt in Paradise, and he's doing it. I mean, they make a whole meal out of his arms, how muscular he is. All the women are talking mm-hmm. about it. Did you see his Chiron? It was works out. Jesus Christ. So they're even making it a part of his character. Like, oh, I mean, it's brilliant. It's definitely a part of his character. His date card also read, love can be found in those arms. And then he flexes the arms. He flexed twice in the document tonight at different times. Now, I don't know how many other flexes we get from him that we didn't see in the document, but they put two of them in the show. I think there are probably more. (laughs) He did. He had the best (laughs) arm play we've seen in a long time. I would say maybe since Chad Johnson. We've seen some some jacked players. Riley pulls Marissa. She tells... Riley, that she got a rose from Connor B and that she was a night one girl, an N-O-G. And then Marissa tells Riley that she's never been on a date before on The Bachelor or in real life. And this was my play, 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 play of the game. We've seen players use this type of play before, never been on a date, never received flowers, etc. They give the man a very easy goal that they can accomplish and come off extremely for TRR. Riley might have been leaning this way, but she clinches it with this. I thought it was just an unbelievable play and presumably is leading her to this amazing night with her soulmate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic play. I totally agree. It was it was up there for my play of the game as well. I have something a little later that took the cake for me, but this was fantastic. Couldn't agree with you more. Riley pulls a bunch more women. They only highlight Taj, who they discuss her rose tattoo. Riley says, if I were to ask you, Taj says, take me. <laughs> You're the only person I wanted to meet. So Taj is playing a starter here for Riley. Yeah. (laughs) She's all exiting even before a one-on-one date with him. She's just like, you're it. And that is obviously going to backfire on her. But this is also the power of the parasocial relationship here. How is she so in love with this man? Because she's seen him on TV. Because she she sees him in real life. (laughs) Well, that could also be. But at least to our knowledge, she just sees him on social media and the television. But... Riley instead asks Marissa Gunn to go on this date with him, and Tarjuan is upset that he didn't pick her, and Trey seemingly is put in one of the weirdest situations of all time. The new guy did not take the girl you're dating, but the girl you're dating is pissed that he did not take her, (laughs) (laughs) and he's going to have to navigate that strange road. Portion six begins. We see some shots of GSJ. He's waking up from a nap and then seemingly going directly into another one, trying to sleep through Serena's one-on-one with Thomas. Back on that one-on-one. By the way, I know this is weedsy, but Noah in his colorful narrator thing says, 
If Thomas snatches Serena P out of grocery store Jay's brown bag. <laughs> this is a highlight. <laughs> sure. There's a lot of puns this season. There was another thing that we didn't even cover where Connor B gets a whole segment where he's telling puns about the sea to Taj Juan. Do you remember that? Yes. Look at us. We're growing. That was weezy. Not covering too. every single moment yeah. that I has just had to mention it. I just had to mention it. We don't have to say all the puns. Yeah. But the uh back on the one on one with Serena P and Thomas. She brings up the fact that he was the villain of his season and he maintains that he was just a misunderstood teddy bear and it was actually Trey's fault for being emotionally weak. He says the Aaron drama comes from Thomas stealing from him and he promises Serena P that he never wants her to guess what he's thinking or feeling and this seems to have worked, Mm. at least in the moment. Mm. It seems like she's okay with it and the date goes on. The date does not go on. (laughs) Thomas calling Trey emotionally not strong when he is breaking this down for Serena P was my error, 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 error of the game. We're going to see later that Thomas is going to do a general apology to multiple men, and it seems like it's a kumbaya moment where they have squashed the beef, but... This line about Trey ruins his general apology and therefore ruins his entire redemption storyline. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, I agree with you. Ultimately, it it did kind of taint everything he was trying to do. But Serena P comes back from that date and takes GSJ aside for a little bit of a talk. During this one-on-one time between Serena and GSJ, she tells GSJ that she likes him better and he demands to know who is the better kisser. And of course, it is him. So we see that GSJ has dodged the Thomas bullet here and it seems that he and Serena P have linked once again and it looks like they might be riding off into the sunset with one another. And then Thomas ITMs the problems of being a villain and coming into the season on Bachelor in Paradise with that stigma. And the unionization play apparently is carrying over to sand. Tajwan accuses him of enjoying lying to other people, <laughs> which I found <laughs> hilarious. And Thomas is like, no, I'm actually a straight shooter. And then Carl comes up and he pulls Thomas to go and talk to the other guys. And Portion 7 begins with the very event you are talking about thomas tries to squash the beef with the other dudes and he tells them all that the drama was too much for uh serena p to handle and it cost him that relationship and he says this dark cloud needs to be put to rest because it's screwing up all of their times on sand it's going to not only taint him it's tainting them and so he apologizes to all the guys for all of his wrongs he says and then he goes around specifically apologizing to aaron to james to trey And he asks them what they need to do to move forward because the bad feelings between them are ruining everything. In this moment, this was about to be my play of the game. Mm -hmm. In this moment. Because I was like, if this shit fucking works, it will be mind-blowing. And indeed, it seemed to have for a moment. It It worked for a moment. It was, in this moment, it was the best possible thing he could do. He comes off for TRR, is wanting the house to have a good dynamic. He specifically apologizes to each person for the specific wrong that he did to them. I was very impressed by this moment. But again, one <laughs> shitting on Trey line. And you're done, so. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, if he's going to be romantic with the coof, you got to have won back some of that uh, second audience. 
somehow I agree. We're going to have to see what happens in the in the coming weeks. But ultimately, Serena P tells Connor B and Taj Juan about the shitty things that Thomas said about Trey being emotionally weak. And then Taj Juan tells Trey about what Thomas said. And Trey ITMs that he offered one last time to forgive Thomas, but he was just doing the same shit he was doing during the season. And Trey confronts him saying, this is the last conversation I'm going to intentionally have with you. And that just gets my mind going. Because Trey knows that word slipped in there. This is the last conversation I'm going to intentionally have with you. Means he knows producers Mm. might twist this up and force them into a guy chat or something. But that by his choice, he will never talk to him again. Oh, I thought it was like, you might try to talk to me again, but I won't try. (laughs) It might have been that. (laughs) I'm always just with an eye toward the producers manipulating people. Uh Uh-huh. I I know that. It's one of your best qualities. But after they bury the hatchet, they dig it back up, or at least Trey does here, and plants it firmly in Thomas's back. And then Marissa comes out ready for her date with Riley, and everybody on the beach turns their head and says she looks very hot in her dress. Deandra glows her. Jacinia tells Connor he should go talk to her before she leaves. Get in that one last moment of reassurance. Connor doesn't even know what he should be doing here. He's so intimidated by everything that's going on. His shy style is showing through a little bit here. And so he goes up to her and he's like, well, I hope you have fun on your date. You look good. And that's it. That's the last words he's going to say to her before she is swept into Hurricane Riley. (laughs) He should have called himself a force of nature. I mean, he could have handled that conversation better, but there was also nothing he could do. <laughs> no. When you're looking at Catman Connerby, this is a grown man dressed in a full cat costume doing cat mannerisms versus Riley, who comes in looking like the fucking Incredible Hulk. He's a lawyer. He's assertive. It's like, this is kind of what we he were talking kids about. kids right away. Knows everything he wants. <laughs> I think this is like similar to what we were talking about, bold style versus shy style in Katie Thurston's season. You're seeing it right here play out again. And we're going to see who wins as we move into this one-on-one date. And Marissa Gunn says this is the first date in life for her, in, in her real life. And Lance Bass welcomes him to this big table filled with food. He raises two silver domes, and we find out it's a fear factor eating challenge date with a bunch of bugs and tongues and tripe and all kinds of shit. And Bass is kind of like a sinister host to this date. There's suspenseful, weird horror he music has playing under vibes. it. Vampire vibes. Total vampire vibes. <laughs> Welcome to your first um, date, Marissa Gunn. I'm the vampire that's going to force you to eat pig snouts. <laughs> it's basically like a version of truth or dare. It's like truth or eat something bad. Lance asks a bunch of questions. A lot of them are sexual or about romance. Um, A highlight for me was Lance Bass asks, what's your secret romantic move? And Riley says, I like a chin grab. And then he demonstrates it and gets that kiss. Like, what a kiss lead in line. He is not thrown by this horrific date premise in the slightest. He fucking came to play. When he stepped onto sand, he said, I've got the biggest arms and I am the most confident and I'm going to do whatever I want here. And that is panning out this date. I mean, he had complete control over it and we're going to get to a play of the game very soon. 
But as they are eating pig snouts and bugs and making out, and Lance Bass is watching them do all of this, we cut to Connor, <laughs> sadly strumming his uke by the night surf, and we get this weird shot to end portion seven of Wells crying, seemingly as he's watching Connor's song. Did you see this? No. It's so fucking Wait, strange. Wait, Wells got tears? I didn't mark that. But the way that they present it, they make it seem like Wells is crying at Connor's song. But it's clearly not. This is a shot from something else that they're just putting in to make it seem like that. I have no fucking idea if he's actually crying, if he's sweating, but it, they make it look like he's crying. At any rate. Does he look younger? Is it him on an earlier <laughs> season? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Portion 8 begins. Tajwan is giving an ITM about the possibility of Marissa and Riley's date going wrong when a crab shows up and this crab is strutting his stuff <laughs> to such a degree that he gets an entire segment devoted specifically to his beautiful antics. Anytime a creature takes center stage like this, you know he's getting my... <laughs> Creature of the week. This crab had it all. Stage presence. He had the ability to overtake a human being's screen time. He was simply the best crab we've seen all season. Look, I loved this crab. I loved what this crab later does when it gives relationship advice to Taj about still pursuing Trey. However, I don't think it beat the glee that I had for Boner Crab. <laughs> Look, Boner Crab's a very special crab. I'm not knocking Boner Crab at all. I just thought this crab got a little more screen time, and it takes a mm -hmm. lot of confidence to mosey your way into somebody else's ITM. Most humans can't do that, let alone a fucking crab. And it contributed to Taj's IFI, her fear of crabs. She's screaming, she gets on the chair. Exactly. He affected gameplay. Taj has a conversation with Trey after she recovers from this ITM. Says she wants to have a conversation with Riley, but um, wants to know where Trey is at. He says, I was telling you with my rose, you're the only person I've pursued romantically, and I'm definitely not an expert. The playbook I've been using has not worked. Trey, we have a book that we would love for you to read called How to Win the Bachelor. But he says, I feel like we could have something that could be crazy. And this is a starter by Trey to say that Taj is his number one. Not all eggs, one basket yet. And <laughs> we cut back to the ITM where Taj is now <laughs> holding the crab on the paper. She has overcome the sphere. And she has <laughs> given a name to the crab, Mr. Crab, who tells her to give Trey another chance. And Trey says, I feel like it's worth it with you, which was a nice kiss lead in line, and they make out. It's fantastic. I, Trey is a solid fucking player. Tajwan was really worked totally. up about not getting selected by Riley, and he just comes back in, smooths it all over, and we know, or at least we don't know, but it seems like he's going to get her rose. This was a contender for my play of the game as well, how Trey handled the situation. Natasha and grocery store Joe finally talk. Natasha says there's a lack of chemistry with Brendan. She's like, am I not cute? And grocery store Joe's like, maybe someone else will come in. Natasha's used to dating people who are more intentional, very avoidant, but she loads level level one for Brendan. She and him talk. 
and Natasha feels like something's off, but he says, I'm starting to like you more and more every day. Love level oneing Natasha. <laughs> Brendan doing the bare minimum to get that rose. He's just not a good player, in my opinion. He's skating by on his looks. Like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. his whole game. This is so bad. Like, it's not believable that he even does like her more and more every day, in my opinion. Even the love level one is, like, not played very well. But we'll see what happens, because I do think they're going to try and keep him around in the show. I think producer Rose mm-hmm. at the very least. But she ITMs that they lack the romantic connection. She doesn't know exactly what to do. So we left on a bit of a cliffhanger there. And she pulls tears. Which makes us know it's real. And then portion nine begins. And... Connor says he's not in his head at all about where Marissa is or what's going on on the date. Tammy goes, like, it's great you're letting her go on the date. Connor's like, it's not my choice to let her go on the date. She's not mine. And I was like, hear that, A.A. Ron? Because Aaron (laughs) earlier this episode was like, I didn't give Tammy a rose so she could talk to someone else. Like, I gave her that rose for us. (laughs) Oh, God. And then we cut to the one-on-one date where Riley does a little poem from Marissa Gunn. She loves it. They sit down to what appears <sighs> to be an actual dinner, I guess. And then uh, Marissa says she wants a husband and kids. Riley says he wants a big family, too. They want to nest. They bond over wanting all their kids to be on a sports team together. Basketball is a sport they talk about. And they have a serious conversation about what they need in relationships. Marissa plays a heartbreak PTC followed by a self-esteem PTC, a body issue PTC. She's laying it all out. And Riley tells her it doesn't matter what she looks like. He can tell she has a beautiful soul and they get a kiss. This is one of the best played. I mean, he met her that day. And they had to eat disgusting shit. By the way, when they are talking about how they're going to have a kid full of a basketball team of kids, I just kept flashing back to Connor B on the volleyball date with Katie and <laughs> Christo and Tardic. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> There's, I mean, whatever. Connor B's great. I love him. He's very entertaining. He's just got no shot here. And I don't, he's not aware of that necessarily, but like, there's not really even a competition happening, as we see, because what happens I think next... It, I think they're just not as well matched. Like, I think there is somebody who's better for Connor B who wouldn't match up with Riley, but Marissa and Riley are clearly very compatible. Yeah. As they're making out, we see Connor singing a sad song alone in his room, and then we cut back and Riley tells marissa gun that they should head out and he knows a place they can go riley's open invitation to the boom boom room was my play 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 of the game again this man met this woman that day the level of difficulty to come in with a date card pull that person who is seeing someone else who got a rose from someone else have a successful date in this strange environment where you got to eat pig tongues and shit while lance bass is watching you make out (laughs) to turn all of that into a connection strong enough that you can get someone to go to the boom boom room with you is fucking astounding this play blew my mind is this the fastest we've ever seen a Boom Boom Room in Paradise history? What is this? Night two? <laughs> it's very confusing, the time period. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, last week. And it's like, but I thought they only filmed the show for two weeks. 
But I mean, in terms of like Riley, he's only been there for a day. Right. This is his like night one. They go to the boom, boom room. We hear them groaning. We see them rolling in the sheets of the boom, boom room. This is the first boom, boom of the season. And that ends both of these episodes, the Monday and Tuesday night extravaganza. And we get a little bit of a promo. Demi is looking to stir some more shit up with, it looks like, Mari and Kenny. Aaron and Thomas look like they're about to get into that fight we've been seeing teased all season. And it looks like Kenny gets in some kind of a love triangle. And again, a cake is thrown into a fire. And then we get the tag. Connor sings a song about paradise for Abigail and Jacinia. Brilliant theme song for the show. Guaranteed screen time. And they're going to give it to him here in the tag. So, through all that play, two episodes worth, who was your MVP? I only had one option. Demigod was my... M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
it turned into one of the serious dates. It turned into a like true real connection. You can see them going the distance. You can see them maybe getting engaged on paradise. That to me was mind blowing. And his, as you're saying, the ability to say, this is my special move is to grab the chin. He tells you what the move is. He does the fucking move. He even told you what mm-hmm. it was. doesn't matter. You see it coming and it still fucking works on you. That's how strong yeah. it is. I cannot wait. It works to see on us as the fourth do. audience. Totally. <laughs> we all lean in. <laughs> yeah. I was kissing my TV screen. <laughs> no, I, it was strong play by Riley, but to me, it feels like a one episode runoff or one off. I feel like he'll fade into the background with the other stable couples from this. And Demi is just a star. I see her getting the most gains. I agree with you, but to come, this, this is again, is like a part of why I gave him my MVP. He's coming in late. Everybody's already coupled up. He had to take someone out of a couple. That's not easy mm-hmm. to do. We saw Thomas try to do it. Fail. Riley comes in and does it at a level that is just like fucking mind blowing. Connor, who? He's getting shots of him sad playing a fucking ukulele in the sand. <laughs> Riley's in the boom boom room. I am so worried for Connor B. I'm like, Wells tease that someone gets a huge heartbreak at it. And I feel like it could be him. Like he might just get torn torn to pieces this season who's the heartbreak though he doesn't have a long enough relationship with anybody for us to give a shit i think it's gsj Ooh, roasted <laughs> that wasn't a roast just that's the truth i think it's going to be gsj i think somebody's going to come in and steal serena pitt or she's going to be at the end like mm. i really like you but i can't do the boom boom room with you or whatever you know i think he's going to get flattened by her but time mm. will tell that wraps up our coverage of Monday and Tuesday nights. I am literally loopy at this point. My brain <laughs> is not registering reality properly. Hope you recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this coverage. And we got some big episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. This Friday is going to start off a very interesting series of episodes We hope you're going to like it. I think you're going to. It's going to be almost two hours of a conversation with someone who is incredibly important in our beloved game. And we hope you tune in for that. And then next week, again on Wednesday, we will have our coverage of those two Paradise episodes. And then the following Friday, we got another incredible conversation with someone who is, again, very important within our beloved game. (laughs) So we hope that you guys will all join us for those and enjoy those things. And if you are looking to get a playbook for romance and The Bachelor, as Trey seemed to be alluding to wanting, our book, How to Win The Bachelor, is available for pre-sale. You can find it wherever you get your books. And you're definitely going to want to have it the day it comes out because it's almost exactly going to coincide with season 26 of The Bachelor airing. So you can read the book and follow along with the strategies we're talking about and see if any of the players in season 26 are actually doing those strategies. Because by Bachelor 27, they're all going to be doing them. (laughs) And we will have a score sheet to follow along the show in that as well. So we hope that you can pick up a copy. And before we go, as always... What is that dwab at? It has been 7,093 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please.
please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then... Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. 
I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.